forward to this um, since we planned it almost nine months ago. All right, and Pastor Donnie uh, kicked us off last week with our series, uh, Run Hard, Rest Well, and we're spending a lot of time on the second part of this sentence, um, although the running hard is important. We feel like you probably have some of that understood, right, in terms of your life, but resting well is something we all struggle with, and I will be with Pastor Don. I will let you know this is not something that I uh, master at. This is not something I excel at. It's something I continually grow in, and so I'm going to spend just a few minutes today just recapping uh, where, we, where we laid this foundation last week. You have to go listen to the spiritual principles that Pastor Don gave last week for spiritual Sabbath rest, but today, and I'm going to make it a little bit more practical application today, um, but specifically, I want to walk us through the scripture in terms of how God did this and what the purpose of it was for, all right? So we go all the way back to creation. Now this is, I'll be honest, this is something that blew my mind last week. This is one of those moments where I just, you know, the, the, the word of God is living and alive and active and is always speaking to me. So last week when we were talking about creation, it says God blessed the seventh day, right? Because he made, he created everything in six days, said he made it holy, set it apart, because on it he rested from all the work of creating he had done. Now it goes on to, you know, to understand that God did not need to rest, right? God didn't need to rest. I mean, he's God, and if we think the six days of creation as, as blowing our minds as that is, it wasn't if God got done and went, whoo, man, let's just take a break, okay? That's not God. I was just, last week it just hit me when I was like, you know, God took the seventh day and he created rest. Okay? So the seven days of creation are still creation. The seventh day, he actually created something that we need, that he knew that the earth needed, that people needed, that his creation was going to need. He took the seventh day and created rest for us. Matter of fact, you'll see that in what Jesus says, but here's, you know, even in the Ten Commandments, he said, I want you to remember the Sabbath day, the day of rest, by keeping it holy, set apart, separate. You have six days each week to do your ordinary work. And he goes on to say, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of rest, dedicated to the Lord your God. It has a purpose, has, has meaning, okay? Now we'll go on to hear, this is Jesus talking about this very same thing because he got in trouble for healing someone on the Sabbath and doing some things, and he gives a longer speech than this. But he goes on to say, to the people that were asking him, he says, look, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people. That's why God created the Sabbath. Not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Right? The Son of Man is the Lord even over the Sabbath. And I loved as Don talked about the spiritual implications of that last week. The Lord of the Sabbath, the Lord of rest, the Lord of peace. But you may have heard it before, read it in your version that says, you know, God made man for the Sabbath, sorry, made Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. There was purpose, right, to why he created this Sabbath rest. And Don introduced these three things to our staff and our team several years ago. And, and this has been something we, we talk about when it comes to Sabbath rest, because we do talk about it a lot in terms of leadership, is the rhythm of divert daily, withdraw weekly, and abandon annually. You guys might know this by different words. So divert daily is your quiet time, your devotion, your, you know, your, your, your speeding to work because you're late, but you got scripture on, so it's okay, right? You know, you got scripture playing in the, in the car. 
That's divert daily is the idea that you have some time of rest focused on God. Withdraw weekly, that's a Sabbath day. That's Sabbath. Abandon annually. And this is usually something that you do. Again, you've got to be intentional about this. I'll be honest, this is probably the part that I, I'm the worst at. Tracy and I have gotten better over the years, but especially early on when our kids were younger. Like, vacations wore me out so hard, I couldn't wait to get back to work. Is anybody else like that? Like, we didn't know how to do that very well. Okay? It didn't matter if it was two weeks. I just would have been two weeks longer of, you know, wearing myself out. You know, it just... So it depends on where it is for you. I don't know which one of these three maybe you need to work on, but it's a great challenge to have these three things in mind. To divert daily, have time daily, a focus and rest, withdraw weekly, that's your day, and abandon annually. The bottom line from last week, just to give you the final recap, is that rest and restoration was ordained and set aside for us by God for our benefit. Everybody read those last three words together. For our benefit. Again, he made it for us. For our benefit. Now, when we planned this series nine months ago, oh, we did not know 2020 looked like 2020, right? We did. We just knew that people, you know, maybe ran hard but didn't rest well. So what about the last four months, right? Like, what about these four months of the stay at home? It wasn't quite quarantine in our state. It wasn't truly quarantine. Uh, maybe some of you have had to do that, but the stay-at-home order, like, what about these four months? I'll be honest, the conversations I've had with people, rested is not the word that I hear, okay, from those four months. Restless is the word that I hear, right? Really struggling, and yet we had all this time, we had all this time to experience rest, and yet for most people I spoke to, they didn't experience it. There's a couple reasons for that, and I just, you know, walk through it quickly, but the reality is, is that most people, you know, there are some people that, you know, the stay-at-home order happened, and they, quite honestly, not, not picking on introverts or extroverts, but like, quite honestly, their life didn't change that much, right? And I'll tell you, and it's, sometimes it's a struggle because people don't actually run very hard. Their life is not even living, they're not even living a full life. They're sort of just idling and cruising and eking by. And there's been some really cool growth that has happened with people that just realized that, like, what does this mean when nothing changed? when I see it changing for everyone around me. Psychologists and sociologists have also been studying people and things during this time and the, and the kind of the what's happening. There's a lot of symptoms coming up of mental illness and mental health because people are physically, emotionally, and spiritually exhausted because they're, they're experiencing stress in their bodies with no worry, way, way to work it out, no way to, to sort of live it out every day. They're experiencing huge amounts of stress, and so they're experiencing anxiety and panic attacks and all sorts of issues. And so here's, here's the bottom line of that in terms of what, I, what kind of I felt like God was saying to me in the midst of considering this, this period of time that we were all somewhat gifted, forced into, of rest the last four months, is just to remember this. Rest is not the absence of doing right? It's not the absence of doing. It's the intentional focus on Jesus. It was created and was going to be dedicated to God. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the Lord of rest. And so rest is not just the, it's just not what happens when the doing's done in terms of just the absence of something to do. It's, it's intentional. That's why we, you got to schedule it. you got to plan it. you got to be intentional about 
what you're doing. It's one of the reasons, to be honest, I actually love Sunday mornings. I love the fact that Sunday, and I suggest this for everyone, that Sunday is your Sabbath, all right? Now, the Sabbath is actually Saturday in terms of Jewish tradition, but Sunday can be most people's Sabbath. And one of the reasons the early church started it this way was because they wanted to celebrate the first day of the week, the celebration of Christ rising from the grave, delivering freedom to his people. But it was a day to be intentional, to start your day off on the right track, on the right foot, with the right focus, with the right attitude, you know, being refueled and replenished by worship and, you know, something that happens when the corporate people gather to worship and when the word of God is spoken over people, when it's read together, when it's talked about, when, it's, when you're surrounded by your community of faith that's here for you and prays for you. There's something unique about that. And that's one of the reasons, again, I'm so thankful for the freedom that we have to gather together. It's not the absence of doing it, it's intentional. Now, one of the questions that you said came up last week was how, okay, how? How do you do it? How do you recommend it? Well, if you were here last week, Don was pretty specific to not necessarily give you a how, okay? This is not something we can prescribe. I can tell you from last week and this week, we're gonna give you a few elements that need to be a part of your rest, your intentional focus. But we can't tell you how to do it. Everybody's wired differently. Everybody's enjoys different things. All right? What, 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 what really refreshes me may not refresh you. Right? Tracy and I are very different. I'm pointing at my wife. We're very different in terms of what refreshes us. I can sit and be still and do nothing, and it's glorious. My wife's not that way. Right? She has she, her intentionality and the way she rests, the way she, I mean, the walks that she tears up through our neighborhood is actually, believe it or not, extraordinarily restful right? So it's very different. And so here's a phrase that we kind of, kind of came up with to help you, because I knew the question would come like, well, how? What do you do? Well, how does this work? And I mean, you can give you some tools, but this is not prescribed for you. Rest is doing anything which refreshes. Hey, last week we talked about spending time at the well of life, scheduling time at the well of life, engaging intentionally in time at the well of life. That's where you need to go. Whatever that looks like for you. And it will take time. It'll take time for you to figure out what that rhythm is, what it looks like, what's best for you. Maybe different than your spouse, maybe different than your kids. But Sabbath, nonetheless, is needed, is needed for us. And today, today, I want to approach it a little bit differently. I don't do this um, all the time, but I want to approach this from an, uh, a phrase, a technique that I learned early on. This is before I was in ministry. I wasn't always in ministry. I was in sales and marketing for a decade or more early on uh, as a young adult. So this is a phrase. If you're in sales and marketing, you know what this means. This is a, this is a term, WIFM, right? Now raise your hand if you know what the WIFM means, right? Yeah, there's a few of you. WIFM. In sales and marketing, it basically means this is really important. You need to remember this at all times in terms of sales is that people don't care what you're selling. They don't care about your product. They don't really care about what it is. Here's what they want to know. They want to know what's in it for me, right? Now, this is not how spiritual principles are supposed to be talked about, what's in it for me, because that's not why we do this. That's not how we approach this. But here's something I just want you to hear that's beautiful. This Sabbath rest... This system that God created, just like sowing and reaping, is something that, quite honestly, most of us, okay, most of us don't obey the command just because it's a command, 
we need to understand how incredibly beneficial it really is to us personally, not even corporately. This isn't even a church thing. This is you. What's in it for you? And I'm telling you, there's a ton in it for you because God created it that way. He made it so there was some, there's huge benefits, not just in doing it God's way, because we always know there's benefits in living our lives God's way, but this is a true system that if you engage in it, you'll be so shocked at the personal benefits you receive from Sabbath rest. Today I'm going to cover three areas of your life, really kind of holistically inclusive, of the benefits we receive from Sabbath rest. What does it really provide for us as we kind of look through Scripture and as we we look at what it actually does? Here's where we're going to start, because it is commanded. Just remember, it it is commanded. But wow, isn't it amazing that God commanded it, but it's also something extraordinarily beneficial to you and to me. Here's the first thing I'm going to show you. Now, I made all these R words, so it's my Baptist preacher coming out, okay? So all of them are R words. You can remember them really easily. First one is restoration. To restore you, to renew, to refresh. Restoration. And this is specific for your soul. Let's go to Psalm 23. If you want to turn there with me, you can turn. Psalm 23, we're going to skip the middle part, but I'm going to kind of share with you the the theme of the psalm. It starts off beautifully. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Let me just stop by saying, what a wonderful place to be, right? What an amazing place to get to in your life. That you could just say, guys, I lack nothing. I'm, I'm not in want, is another translation. Right? I lack nothing. Matter of fact, he's going to go show us how, how he gets to this place. How it is that David could start this psalm at this place. Guys, the Lord's my shepherd, I lack nothing. Why? Because he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, I don't know, listen, this is mostly probably for men, but women apply this too. Lying in green pastures is stupid. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason to ever do this, okay? The only reason to go through a pasture is to get from one side to the other, okay? David's a shepherd boy, okay? There's something that he knew that we didn't know, and it's the, and it's the phrase that many of you guys have heard through your life, like, stop and smell the what? Yeah, okay, there you go. Okay, that, that's what he's trying to say. Don't take everything so literally, but that's what he's trying to say. Like, God makes me stop and smell the roses. He makes me lie down in green pastures and just take it in. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. All the while he guides me along the right paths, the right steps to take for his namesake. Very important part of this that you need to remember And again, part of this goes back to, you know, there is something in it for you. There's something beneficial for you. But God restores, God places the Sabbath rest in our life. He created it for us. But it's not because of you. Okay, just remember, it benefits you, but it's not because of you. 
It's not because he loves you. Like there's a lot of messages and sermons out there just, oh, he loves you and you're the apple of his eye and it's all about you. It's really not all about you, okay? It's really not. Psalm 23 is very clear. Look, he does all of this. I, am, I lack nothing. He restores my soul. He leads me and he guides me. But it's not because I'm awesome. It's because he's awesome, right? Like God, you got you to get there. It's not because of us. Because of who he is. Skip on down to verse 5. He says, You know, in my head with oil, in my cup, it overflows. It's part of this benefit of rest. And he goes on to say, Surely your goodness and love, they're going to follow me all the days of my life because I'm going to dwell with you. I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I, I was introduced to a book many years ago called Soul Keeping and Soul Care by John, John Ortberg. Love it, but I think I've recommended it to you before. But it's a, it's a really an interesting part of understanding how to care for sort of the most important part of you, which I'm just going to say right now is the real you, okay? It's, it's the you that you are created to be. It's the you that God sees when he sees you. It's not the you that you sort of pretend to be. Right? It's not the you that you put up on social media that you want other people to see you. It's not that you. It's not the you that you think your friends are expecting to see and you have to be this certain you for, for your circle of friends because that's how you are with them. It's not even the you that your spouse needs or expects from you. Your soul represents sort of the real you, the genuine you, the you that you are created to be. So when David's talking about God, you, you, you lead me and you guide me and you restore my soul, this idea of soul keeping and, and taking care of your soul, resting for your soul to be refreshed, has to do with sort of filling you up, the real you. Okay? The, 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 the real intentional, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, the, the real you with intentionality that God is actually going to look at you and who he's made you to be and who he created you to be not the, all of the other yous that you, you think are important. When the real you gets restored, right, it overflows. And that's what I love about that passage. When the real you gets restored, there, it's not just a filling up, it's an overflowing. Because when you understand Sabbath rest and you understand this idea that you can actually rest in him and experience this, this restoration of who you are, then when you have to react to something, when you have to respond to something, because sometimes people say the real you is who you are when no one's looking. You know what I'm talking about? When no one's looking or there's no consequences, that's who the real you is. Yeah, when the real you gets restored, your cup begins to overflow. And how you react and how you respond to life looks different because there's genuine joy. There's genuine satisfaction. There's genuine gratitude. There's genuine mercy for others and compassion that comes out of you. Does that make sense? And I don't know if you've ever had this experience, and I know you have. It might just take a while for you to reflect on, but when your soul has been cared for well, when you have rested in him, and you've experienced sort of the beginning of the overflow of your heart, that's why there's a trail, right? There's a trail of God's love and goodness that follows you because of how you dwell with him.
And that's, listen, understand, look at me. That's the reason it's different for every single one of you. It's the reason it's different. Because, because how, it's not, the, the idea would be if we prescribed a way to do it, you would begin to worry about doing it perfectly. And Sherry Miller wrote a phenomenal book. I recommend this book as well in terms of Sabbath rest. But she wrote this book, and I love this quote. It says, Sabbath isn't about resting perfectly. It's about resting in the one who is perfect. Right? Like, this is not, we're not trying to add something to your to-do list. Okay, I got to rest now. No, 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 no. We got to start there, right? We're going to start there. We're going to make it a priority where this is just natural to divert daily and withdraw weekly and abandon annually to understand what Sabbath rest really does for you. Because I'm telling you guys, your soul needs restoration. Your soul needs to be not only filled up, but as, as David said, to come to this place where it just overflows where you don't have to manufacture the right response to a situation, but it just happens. Because you're dwelling with the one who is perfect. You're not doing it perfectly. You're dwelling with the one who is perfect. Here's the second one. It's my next next R. Reformation. It provides reformation, change, improvement, transformation. Right? These, are all the, these are all the words we've used and you've heard used in terms of your spiritual growth and how you, do, how you live this life of faith. There's a reformation that happened in you. And it's going to continue to happen through sanctification in you as you grow to be more and more like Christ. And yet, understand, sometimes we struggle to, to find rest in even our faith Here's, here's what Paul said. I love, you've heard me say this verse a thousand times, but this is why I love this verse. This is Galatians 5.1. Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you, say the two words out loud. Yeah. Christ has set you free. And here's Paul with the warning. Listen, guys, make sure you stay free. Don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Don't get caught up again. Don't get bound up again. Don't get tied up again with the weight that is the law. Your faith is born in freedom. Make sure that you stay free. And here's the sad truth. See, Paul knew something about running hard, right? Running hard for Jesus. But that there was always going to be a temptation to, to, to receive and sort of hold on to the burdens that you were never meant to hold on to. That even when it comes to the Christian worldview and doing this Christian life, that people would, would come into the church and they would get saved, but the reality is, is that they would simply trade one belief system in for another belief system. And this new belief system would still have weight on it. It would still have performance in it. It would still have man-made efforts and man-made outcomes involved in it. And Paul knew, look, this is you're gonna get you're gonna get tripped up again. Like you know, you were set free by Jesus. You need to stay free because there's too many things out there that want to bind you, that want to tie you back up to thinking that it's about you, to thinking that it's about your effort, to thinking that it's about how you do this life of faith. Jesus said it this way. 
in Matthew 11. I'll start it here. He says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy, heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I'm actually going to read this in the message paraphrasing, primarily because I love the phrasing that brings out the context of who Jesus is talking to and why this was so important. He said it this way in the message. He said, are you tired, worn out, and burned out on religion? Because that's who he was talking to. He was talking to his people, the Jewish people, who were burned out on the religion of the law. I want you to come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. Goes on to say, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Jesus is saying, follow me. I'll show you how to do it. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Right? Jesus is like, look at, look at my example. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Beautiful phrase. Learn the unforced you don't have to manufacture this. Rhythms of grace. The things that are unmerited. The things that you don't deserve but are given to you anyway. And I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. NIV or NLT will say, uh, my, the burden I give you is light. He says, continues on, keep company with me. There's key words here. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This is so incredibly needed for our spirits to understand that this Christian life, this faith that we all live, this following of Jesus starts with freedom. And yet, in order to grow, in order to transform, in order to, to see the reformation of how we live this life begin to change and improve in our life, it happens with and in cooperation with the rest that Jesus promised that he gives. Not in how well we do things, not in how well we perform, not in how well we manage and carry the burden of being a good Christian, but the rest that comes begins to remind us that it's all about what he's done. Why is the burden light? Why is it that he won't give you heavier or, or that doesn't fit? Why? Because Jesus did all the work Right? He did all the work on the cross for you, took your sin, took your burden, died, died a sinner's death, and he was sinless. Rose again, victorious in life, as we just sang about this morning. And he's our living hope. That freedom that he, you were set free, stay free. Stay free. How do you stay free? Jesus is like, well, look, all you got to do is keep company with me. You've heard it said, you know, the whole uh, um, cliche, like it's not, a it's not a religion, it's a relationship, right? Like I know that's a phrase, but listen, it's true. It's true. The rest comes spiritually for us when we are all week long, we're carrying, we just continue to take the burdens on and we take the burdens on of being a good Christian and doing what we should be doing and manufacturing our responses and manufacturing what we're supposed to be doing. And I'm not supposed to have those thoughts. I'm supposed to have these thoughts and I gotta try to figure out how to get rid of those thoughts. And we manufacture it and we carry the burden and we carry the burden and we get wore out and we get exhausted. And sadly, many Christians get burned out 
because they forgot. They didn't take the rest they needed to experience change and reformation so they can constantly be reminded, no, Jesus said it's for freedom. I'm here here to give you rest. Just hang out with me and I'll show you. Just be with me. Dwell with me. And experience rest. It's for you. It's for your benefit. So that I can begin to live out of that rest. I can live out of that relationship. I can go do the things he's called me to do. I can go be the person he's called me to be. But it's not with a burden. It's right out of the rest and the growth and the change and the renewal and the transformation and the reforming of my life. Changing me from the inside out. Everybody with me? Your soul needs this. Your spirit needs this. Desperately. And it comes through Sabbath rest. It comes through dwelling and remaining in him, as he said in in, in Luke. Remain in me, and I'll remain in you. The third is just as important, and it really it's the part that we see, okay, in terms of just our lives. And the third thing that Sabbath rest really gives us is, oh, sorry. Yeah, this is one of my favorite phrases. If your faith doesn't fill you with life every day, you're doing it wrong, right? You're doing it wrong. If you're not more free, I tell those people that come to faith, and they're struggling. I'm like, why are you struggling? Everything you're struggling with didn't come from Jesus. Right? You're doing it wrong. So I want you to think about that every time you start to feel weight and you start to feel burden and you start to feel the things that you feel like you're carrying in the spiritual, ba- in the spiritual relationship and now God's your co-pilot. What a horrible place for God to be. Now if you're doing that, you're not waking up. You're not leaving that time of rest with God with life. You're not doing it right. I'm just, I'm just telling you. We're here. We're here to help you, but you're doing it wrong. Here's the third one. Resilience. Resilience. Strength. Perseverance. Resilience. Physically. Emotionally. Mentally. How many of you know this, uh, you've seen this verse. Just raise your hand if this is on a pillow or on some sort of cross stitch in your, in your grandparents' house. You know, this is fairly well known, right? Be still and know that I am God, right? That's a big one. It's a big, it's a big cross stitch one because there's not that many letters. It's not that hard to, to do, right? It's a, listen, beautiful verse, phenomenal verse. The only problem I have with the verse is how people use it. Be still and know that I am God. It just sounds like there should be a harp playing and it should be whispered, you know. It feels, the way people use it oftentimes, it feels very passive. Nod your head if you're with me, right? It feels very passive. And yet, believe it or not, this verse in its context is active and powerful. 
It is a war cry. You with me? It is, it is, it is so much more than how people use it. And it's needed. Needed. This is why this particular kind of rest is needed for the resilience we need to get through this life, to experience the world and culture we are currently in and he's called us to. We need the resilience of our faith and the rest that this verse brings us. Here's the context. Okay, I'm going to read this for you out of the New American Standard Version. I'm going to read this whole, it's very quick, 10 verses, not long. Read the context for where this verse sits and why it's so incredibly different than a cross stitch on a pillow. Okay? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and though the mountains quake in its swelling pride. The psalmist is talking about chaos. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. And God is in the midst of her and will not be moved. God doesn't go anywhere. God will help her when the morning dawns. The nations made an uproar. And the kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. He goes on to say, Come behold the works of the Lord. Look at what God's done. Who has wrought desolation in the earth. He makes wars cease in the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow. He cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. Cease striving. Be still. Be still. No. Cease striving. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That's the cry. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Did everybody get the context of this, this, this psalm? There's no harp playing. Okay? This is the psalm that's saying there's trouble, there's problems, there's chaos. The world is changing around me. Massive things that are out of my control are happening, and yet God is there. There's a place where God exists where he's never moved. He doesn't change. He's our stronghold. He's with us. We have no reason to fear. And when he says, cease striving, be still, it is, a, it is the picture of you on a battlefield. It's the picture of you to stop for a moment and remember who God is, as he's described in this beautiful song. Look at the works that God has done. Cease striving. Take the rest. Be still. You're going to need it. This is the only way that you physically, emotionally, and mentally can get the resilience you need to deal with the chaos you're going to deal with in your life. The reason I like that, those words is, be still is great. Cease striving <laughs> has always spoken to me. Guys, we do a lot of striving. 
The majority of us strive so hard to control every piece of our life we could possibly control. We're trying to control our lives. We're trying to control our jobs. We're trying to control our families. We're trying to control our community. We're trying to control our state and nation. We're trying to control morals of others. We're trying to control and and try to work through to control the outcomes of things that are not in our control. We worry about things. Emotionally tie ourselves up to things that we don't control. We think about things constantly that we have no control over. We physically, physically, like a hamster on a wheel, run, 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 trying to control our lives and our kingdoms. We are not in control. And the psalmist wants you to, to remember in a way that's, that's, that's beneficial. Guys, we have no reason to fear. The earth is going to change. It is going to shake. It is going to be this thing. But God will not be moved. And he is here to help. He is with us. Look what he's done. Take the rest and cease striving. And know that he is God. He will be exalted. He will rule and reign. He is going to build his church that the kingdoms of hell will not be able to stand against. That's God. So be still. You're going to need your strength. You're going to need your emotional cup filled. You're going to need your mental capacity there. You're going to need the resilience to deal with everything you have in front of you. Oh, how true it is for 2020. Right? Yeah. Yeah, how true it is today. There's uncertainty in every place we look that we cannot control. We're in a divided nation that we cannot control. There are health concerns and and social concerns that, that are rising up constantly. And we are not in control of the outcomes And if you're not careful, you will burn out physically, emotionally, mentally. You will burn and burn and burn and work so hard and worry so much and try to analyze as much as you possibly can and get in debates and conversations and arguments about things you don't control. And all the while, the psalmist is saying, yeah, just just be still. Okay, yeah, you're in a battle. Yes, there's trouble. Yes, there's uncertainty. Yes, there's things that that are going around you that's chaos. But God is with us. He is our stronghold. Remember who God is. We serve the king of kings. Capital K of little k, kings. Guys, you're going to need it. You need this rest. I don't know if you need it more for your soul. I don't know if you need it more spiritually as you've, as you've wrestled with your faith. I don't know if you need it just physically, mentally, and emotionally. You need the resilience. But all of these things are needed. All of these things, Sabbath rest provides. 
when you divert daily. You wake up in the morning with your massive weight on your shoulders, and you got to go, oh, whew, hold on. Nope, not going to get tied up again to that. Oh, hold on. I'm reminded who God is and who I'm not. I'm not going to try to control these outcomes today that I can't control. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to dwell with him. I'm going to focus on him. Your soul, your spirit, physically, emotionally. This is all for you. This is a system he created for your benefit. So I'll end with the same thing Don said last week. It really was ordained. And it was set aside for us, set apart, made holy. If we would all but engage in it, if we would all but understand the power of what rest can provide for us. Here's what I want to do today. I want to close our time out and I want to I want to pray really specifically, okay? So if you'll just give me a few minutes. I'm going to give a little bit of space in our prayer for you to pray and engage specifically about what you need in terms of rest from God. Let's pray together. God, your spirit is not limited by time and space So whether it's us in the room, whether it's engaged online now or later, your spirit, we believe, is at work. So right now, God, I just challenge everyone listening that they would individually just cry out to you for what they are desperate for in terms of rest. Maybe it's their soul. Maybe they're so, God, they're working so hard to be the you that everyone else uh, needs to see or the you they want people to see. They have not taken care of themselves. And God, they need to and they want to and they're desperate for it to be restored, to be renewed, to be refreshed. God, please, as people cry out to you right now, let your spirit answer their prayer. Bring them the peace to their soul that comes with that focus on you. God, maybe it's spiritually. The people are carrying a weight spiritually that they should not be carrying, that they understand that they are free, but they don't feel free. They do not feel full of life from you. So God, you, by right now, by your Holy Spirit, do a work in our hearts. If that's the the cry of our hearts is spiritually the reformation that's needed, the transformation that we desire to see, God, just, just do the work right now. Help them understand it starts just with dwelling with you. It's just the relationship. That you've done all the work. God, that you've, you've, you've provided the gift of resting in you. God, this may apply to all of us, but for those who need the physical, emotional, and spiritual resilience for everything we're dealing with right now, God, it's just, it it does sometimes feel like absolute chaos around us. 
And we, God, we fall for the illusion every day that we are in control of things that we do not control. So God, daily, weekly, maybe just this summer as we get away, convict us, give us rest. We're exhausted. Give us that physical, emotional, and mental rest to just take the break and know that you are God, to cease striving and know that you've got this. You've, you're, we've read the end of the book. You win. We know this, God. We know that you are in control. And yet, God, for so many here, we don't take the time to stop and rest in you and remember who the King of Kings really is, that you're with us, that you're our stronghold. My prayer today, God, is that as people have prayed this, if, as they've taken that moment right now to just cry out for that thing specifically that they are desperate for, that, God, that they would take a step today. Today, God. They would take a step in Sabbath rest today with you and that your beautiful, magnificent Holy Spirit in the, in the rhythms of grace, the unmerited rhythms and unforced rhythms of grace, God, that you would meet us where we are. May our cup overflow today with the peace and the love and the joy that you will bring to each and every one of us. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen.